the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. That's right, folks. It is time again, once again, for Firing Line Radio Show. It's a fantastic Saturday afternoon here, and I hope you're going to have a great weekend. Uh, This particular week, I want to talk to you a little bit about what I was able to do last week. Had a great time on Saturday at, down at the Prado Olympic Shooting Park, um, Chad Carlson's place down there. We shot the IDPA match on Saturday. Had an absolutely fun time. We'll talk a little bit about that. Sunday, I had a turnaround and got to go out to the West End Gun Club and shoot their precision bolt rifle match. Very, very challenging, and I'll tell you some more about that. I shot Saturday. I shot Sunday. What does that mean? You guessed it. My wife was out of town. So I had a, had a great weekend and spent it just me, the dogs, and the shooting range. It was an awesome time. Uh, joining me on the phone, he joined me last week talking about what's going on in Sacramento. He's joining me this week to talk very specifically about a specific politician who is bound and determined to ruin your rights here in the state of California. I have Joe Silvoso. Joe Silvoso from Michelle and Associates. And as he likes to say, he's the best darn lawyer on the phone right now. Joe, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back. And and you are the best darn lawyer on the phone right now. (laughs) Right now. (laughs) Um, Hey, so I I don't know if you've ever got to shoot IDPA, Joe, but... um, here, no, I haven't. It's a lot of fun. What it is is it's basically practice for concealed carry. Uh, they come up with different scenarios. Uh, here in, in uh, at Prado, we have eight different stages. Well, Phil, if you don't mind me asking, what does IDPA stand for? Um, it, it stands for four different words that start with four different letters. <laughs> International Defensive Pistol Association, I believe. Oh, okay. And, and it's it's a practice for defensive pistol use. So they have eight different stages. You go through them in different squads, and you get to, um, you know, they, they tell you what it is. You have to draw from concealment. You know, in one stage, you're hiding behind a wooden tree. Another stage, you're carrying a briefcase. But all these different scenarios that they have, and there's a course of fire. And as I learned, Joe, it's a very specific course of fire. You can't just shoot the targets as you want them to be shot. Um, Otherwise, you get these things called procedurals. Procedurals add points and time to your score. I think I had the highest number of procedurals for the match. I, (laughs) I, I didn't realize it was like golf. You really wanted a low number. I thought I was I thought I was racking it up, dude. I got six on that one. How about you guys? Nothing, huh? I'm smoking you. But anyway, um, so your time isn't until sometime next week. Is what you're saying. <laughs> but I I didn't miss. 
I didn't miss. <laughs> so had a, had an absolutely great time. So you're drawing from concealment. You're firing a certain course. You're moving from uh, like this one stage. We had to do a tree to a barricade. Then you're laying on your side behind a, a barrel and uh, making all these different shots. Great, great fun. The people out there were a lot of fun. And uh, we shot with some master shooters on my squad. Unbelievable speed. Just something to really look up to. Um, so that was. I'm going to have them on the show coming up in a couple of weeks. The other thing I learned on this IDPA course is on the last stage of the day, the way this course was set up, there was a falling plate behind your silhouette. You had to shoot the silhouette three times. As the bullets went through, it hit this falling plate. As the plate fell, it hit a tripwire. It's like we're playing mousetrap with bullets. It hit, it hit a tripwire. The tripwire started another target to spin towards you for about a half a second and then spin away from you half a second. So the way this stage started, you were actually in a, a squatting position. You had to stand up, draw, fire three times on the first target. As the other target spins towards you, fire three times there, and then move to cover. And the interesting thing to me was all day long, you're taking precise aiming shots, or you know, as fast as you can, but it's boom, 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 boom. Those are the kind of the cadences. Mm-hmm. But when you were forced to, when you were forced to make fast shots accurately... Because the target was leaving. I had to shoot the first three quick because the other one's spinning on me. And I have to shoot it quick because it's spinning back away. You can do it. It was amazing that everybody had a shot much quicker on that stage because the targets made you shoot quicker. It was just kind of an eye-opening thing is, you know, you can shoot faster than you think you can. And you can shoot accurately faster than you think you can with practice. So it was uh, was just a very interesting thing. I, I learned that. Of course, that was the last stage of the day. Anyway, so then Sunday morning, bright and early, we got up and went out to the West End Gun Club. Those of you who are not familiar with it, it is an awesome place, West End Gun Club. It's a private place. It is open to the public on the weekends, wegc.org, I believe, is their website. You can find out all the rules about that, but it's a great, clean, well-run range, nice, nice people out there, and we did what was called their Precision Bolt Rifle range, rifle Match. Uh, never shot this before. Everybody there's got tactical rifles. I went with a hunting rifle because um, that's what I do. I'm not on a SWAT team. Anyway, so uh, this was this was interesting. We fired probably 60 shots or so, and every shot was different. Every shot was timed. So we started off on a ridge line, and we had to shoot a 300-yard target. Then you had to shoot the 400-yard target, then back to a 300-yard target that was moving. And then back to the 400-yard target. So everything was was unique. There was a couple shots from prone. Others were different um, scenarios. I posted some of the video on my website. We had a roof obstacle. You ever shot off a roof, Joe? No, I can't say that. <laughs> well, most good well, people I can't say on the radio in public I have. Let's just say that. <laughs> the stat, you know, well, before or after the statute of limitations wore off. Um, <laughs> exactly. So this was, you know, they have this roof at an angle you have to adhere yourself to with a couple of two-by-fours that are nailed to it. So that's the only gripping you have. And they actually had a cutout hole in the middle of the roof. You have to shoot through it and hit these spinner targets 230 yards away. And the target's only four inches in diameter. So it's a pretty small target uh, for such an obscure position. And it's all about learning your gun. And the great thing about this match was I got to see people who who do this often, you know, and they understand how things work and and um, 
you know, they had some different gear, um, shooting bags and so forth that made their positioning easier. But I watched them and I watched some guys. Uh, I posted one guy on the, on our video on Facebook, Firing Line Radio Show. His name was Sam. Uh, he was working his gun so well. I mean, if you watch his follow through on a bolt action rifle, he shoots, his face is never off the scope, right? So he, you know, he racks his round, he stays on charge. The guy got us a, a match high on the particular roof obstacle that I was filming him on. Just very, very interesting. Great people out there. A lot of uh, serious guys. I actually ended up with a, a bit of an issue on my gun, and, and I have to come clean and tell you what happened, Joe. You're an attorney. You won't, you know, client uh, attorney privilege. You won't tell anybody else if I tell you this, right? Well, it's kind of blown with us being on the radio and going out over the airways, but um, (laughs) but it's still it's still it's still client attorney privilege. So I I lost my zero on my scope, meaning that I got confused on a stage. And after I shot it, when I went to return to zero, instead of returning my scope back to zero and checking. With the zero stop, which you should always do, make sure you're at at zero stop and then come back to your absolute zero. I went around just so that they lined up. The mark on the top of the uh, dial lined up with zero. What I had just done is I went up one entire revolution. Sure. Okay. And then when it was time for me to shoot my next course, um, shooting at 400 yards, I'm 12 minutes high, which means I'm four feet high. And I'm shooting and I'm hitting the top of the berm. They're like, dude, you're way high. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm, I've got my dope dialed in. I'm, I'm right where I should be. I'm blah, 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 blah. And I can't figure it out. And I couldn't figure it out. I shot two stages like that. And finally I put the gun down, um, finished the stage with my, with my, or finished the course with my friend's gun and came back down to the range uh, on the 100 yard bench and sat the gun down and said, what, what's going on with this? And then I realized, oh, Mr. Naaman, you have a mental deficiency. <laughs> you you have uh you buggered yourself on this entire course but it was it was really good i mean just like the day before just by shooting that idpa course i realized uh, an epiphany i can shoot faster than i've been shooting i can shoot accurately i can shoot faster i just have to do it the same thing this has been a, a mental issue with me on many of the courses i've shot I don't check my zeros before I get in the, the box and start shooting. You have to go all the way back. It's a mandatory thing, and I have failed to do it, and my score reflected it. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. It was something I hadn't done before. I will do it again probably not this next month, but in the month of May, I'll be back out there and looking forward to it. And I highly recommend, guys, go to West End Gun Club, look up their precision bolt rifle match. It is a lot of fun. It is challenging. Don't get frustrated. Just keep shooting. And uh, we'll see you out there having a good time. So, Joe, when are we, when are we going to get you out there? Oh, goodness. When I get time to do it, I would love to shoot more than I do. It's just, unfortunately, um, these laws of California keep me pretty busy. You know, and we're going to pick this up with you talking about the boogeyman to the Second Amendment here in California. Uh, from, Of course, from San Francisco. When we come back from this, this is Joe Silvoso, Michelle and Associates, the darn best attorney on the air right now with me. And we're going to talk about who's doing what and what we can do about it right after this. A message from Vince, the owner of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're a first-time gun owner or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for hunting, home defense, or recreational shooting, it is important to take the next step 
and become a responsible gun owner. We highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training class, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitude essentials to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. As a law-abiding citizen, you have the right to self-defense, and with that right comes an obligation to educate yourself on the laws and safety procedures needed to use a firearm properly. For information about certified firearm training classes, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside at 951-823-0211 or check out their schedule of classes at bullseyesport.com. Because of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo, we believe in safety first. 951-823-0211. Pull! Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. Prado's shotgun facility is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments with professionals there to answer all your questions. Are you an experienced pistol shooter with an itch to take your skills to the next level? Discover the sport of practical shooting at one of the monthly events. Prado hosts ISPC shooting events open to the public every first and third Sunday with Prado Running Gun Club, blending accuracy, power, and speed with challenging multiple moving targets, penalty targets, and obstacles. Prado Olympic Shooting Park is a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. Call Prado Olympic Shooting Park at 909-597-4518. Online at shootprado.com. 909-597-4518. AM590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and cutting-edge bullets for when you care enough to send the very best. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick! That's right, folks. And our sponsor, Vince. You know, Vince Torres, the owner of Bullseye Sporting Guns and Ammo in Riverside, wants to stress the importance of boomstick safety in firearm usage. If you're a first-time gun owner or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for hunting, home defense, or target shooting, it's important to take the next step and become a responsible boomstick, boomstick owner. Vince and I highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety training course, the one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitude essential for the safe and efficient use of your boomstick. As a law-abiding citizen, you have the right to self-defense. And with that right comes an obligation to educate yourself in the laws and safeties procedures needed to use a firearm properly. For more information about the certified courses, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside, 951-823-0211, or visit their website at bullseyesport.com for schedule of classes, because at Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo, they believe in safety first. 951-823-0211, 951-823-0211. We never kid about safety when it comes to your boomstick. Check it out over at uh, Vince with Bullseye Sports. Uh, folks, welcome back. We have Joe Silvoso on the air with us. Joe is is a criminal defense attorney for Michelle and Associates. He specializes in defending Second Amendment cases and in legislating and fighting for your Second Amendment rights. You heard him on the air last week talking about all, well, all so far of the bills proposed uh, in this legislative session. This week, we want to focus on somebody who's making a lot of noise about becoming the leader of this great state in the next year or so and what his background is and what he wants to do. And the villain in our story is named Gavin Newsom. Joe, tell us a little bit about Mr. Newsom. Oh, Mr. 
Mr. Newsom, former mayor of the Second Amendment-loving city of San Francisco, um, became now lieutenant governor in 2011, and as you mentioned, Phil has his sights um, to everybody's reckoning, and I don't think he's making it quiet. Um, he wants to be governor one day, and uh, he's trying to get some attention to himself any way that a lieutenant governor can, because the lieutenant governors have about as much power as the vice president of the United States do uh, when it comes to uh, regulating and implementing laws. And so he has proposed what's referred to as the Newsom Initiative, a bunch of rules um, and potential changes in the penal code um, affecting Second Amendment and firearms owners' rights. So let's stop right here. I'm going to ask this question. He is worried, according to him, about firearm firearm usage in violent crimes, right? That's yeah. That's what he says. So we have the Newsom the nuisance, the nuisance initiatives from Gavin Newsom. Uh, of his initiatives, and I know there are many, how many of them increase the penalty for the improper use of a firearm or the use of a firearm in a crime? Um, none. So they do not impose anything as far as a penalty is concerned on the criminals who are committing this violent crime. There is a, a slight change for the definition of grand theft as a result of Prop 47. Uh, the, the level for grand thefts went up to $950. Um, the initiative would cause the theft of a firearm because a lot of firearms are less than $950 to be considered a felony. But beyond that change, really, there's nothing else. Now, folks, let's take a look at that. In Prop 47, we... we and I'm talking to you people who actually voted for that. I know none of my listeners did, but somebody you know may have. So when no one's looking, slap them for me, okay? <laughs> Seriously, twice. Slap them twice. Prop 47 has flushed this place, as far as law enforcement is concerned, down the drain. Police cannot arrest and prosecute people because nothing is a crime anymore. They took uh, grand theft from the 400 to $450 level, including firearms, up to $950 or $900. So if somebody's Glock was stolen, a $550 um, value uh, pistol, it's now considered a misdemeanor. It's a citation. And and somebody could be found with a stolen gun and cited and, and released, basically. That's how silly that is. Now, Melissa... Melendez. She is the state legislator from Lake Elsinore. When this came about, she immediately drafted a bill saying that the theft of any firearm should be a felony. It's to amend Proposition 47. She did that. She fought for it. And, and <laughs> Kevin DeLeon, the Cretan in our state Senate, and I hate to talk this much about politics on my show, guys, but this is important. He failed to pass that. He would not let that pass. They would not make the theft of a firearm a felony. These people that scream about firearm ownership would not make the theft of a firearm of back into a felony. They've left it as a misdemeanor. They have caused the distress we see. They have caused the, the increasing crime. And they're trying to say that legal firearm owners are the problem. Well, guys, there's like, what, 20 million people who own a firearm in the state of California. If we were the problem, you would know it, right? If 20 million people were the problem in this state, it would be pretty evident. But the fact is that law-abiding citizens own firearms. We are not the criminals. We don't commit the crimes. 
Um, we have a small subset of extremely violent people that they continue to let out on our streets to commit more crimes. And that's what we're looking at. And so his, his initiative, that one part, we tried to get that passed uh, with Melissa Melendez's amendment and the Democrats wouldn't, wouldn't allow it. Yeah, uh, there is a, another bill. We didn't get a chance um, last week to talk about it as well. We are that bill, There's a bill similar to that trying to be passed where it would require a special election because keep in mind, in order to overturn an initiative, something passed by the voters, it needs a two-thirds majority in order to get through the legislature. And so good luck having anybody up in Sacramento agree to something like that. And so what the proposed bill right now would do, it would just require a majority vote, but that majority vote would be simply to get the proposition on the ballot for a special election to overturn that change in Prop 47. It's still working its way through the legislature. Didn't know where it's going to be, um, but that's there's a potential change to that going on right now. The fact that we can't get two-thirds of the people who run this state to say that stealing a, f- a firearm should be a felony is that in itself is ludicrous. Are they that out to, well, you know, we did make marijuana legal, so they're just flat out stoned. That's, that's the only way I can come up with this. Yeah. And keep in mind, if the Newsom initiative passes, we're facing the same issue. It's going to require, it would require a two third to vote up in the legislature to overturn it, which, uh, again, good luck trying to get. Yeah, we're officially calling this the nuisance initiative. Okay, so Gavin Nuisance was the mayor of San Francisco. Uh, He was the mayor of San Francisco when they decided to create it as a sanctuary city. Now, I lived in the Bay Area for a year back in 1990, and I thought it was strange then. But it's gotten more bizarre every single year, uh, exponentially, I do believe. Now, as a sanctuary city, what that means is that if an illegal alien is captured and committing a crime, he purposely is not deported. He's not reported to ICE back when they actually used to deport people, but he's re-released into their community, correct? Correct. That's basically how it works. Usually when you have somebody who's in violation of state law subject to deportation, um, that process will be as soon as they get out of jail, as soon as they get out of custody, um, they're turned over to the feds. And that's a federal so law. That's a federal yeah, law. So exactly. he decided that they would break federal law, right? He and his, his district attorney at the time, Kamala Harris, these are, you know, this is the twosome, the Newsome twosome, Harris and, and uh, Nuisance, um, have just flagrantly disobeyed federal law. And in doing so, that allowed them to acquire an AK-47. This man had multiple felonies, was an illegal alien, was in custody, was not deported on purpose by Kamala Harris and Gavin Newsom's policies. He went out on the street with his AK-47, and he shot up an entire family in their home. I think they're on the way home from a ball game or something. Isn't that true? Yeah, they were stopped, I believe, in their car when he opened fire. Yeah, he had a history of interactions and contacts with law enforcement. Um, And so it was very surprising. Uh, Going back to his juvenile time, um, he had issues um, with law enforcement and only, unfortunately, accumulated and um, finished in that event. An entire family was wiped out in their car, uh, the Bologna family. 
because of the policies of this man, Gavin Newsom. He's trying to blame guns. His personal belief system that he put in place, disallowing or disobeying federal law, directly allowed this man to stay on the streets to create these crimes killing, I think it was four people out of that family in that car, uh, devastating the entire family. For what? For what purpose? So he could get votes. Folks, these are evil people. Gavin Newsom is an evil man because he does evil things. I think that, that supporting illegal aliens that are criminals and not deporting them and not following federal law is an evil act because we see the results. The result is blood in our streets at the hands of Gavin Newsom's. Uh, this is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. We're going to come right back here with, with Joe Silvoso talking more about the, the nuisance initiative and what we can do about it. Are you an expert marksman looking for a clean, safe place to shoot? Or maybe you've never shot a gun but want to learn. Well, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range is the best place to work on your shooting skills, no matter what your experience level is. With 21,000 square feet of indoor range space, 35 shooting lanes, and an electronic target retrieval system, it means no line breaks and more trigger time. The friendly people at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range can answer all your questions about firearms training, self-defense training, firearm rentals, gunsmithing, archery, and more. And for the ladies, the Riverside chapter of The Well-Armed Woman meets there the second Tuesday of each month for women of all experience levels. Looking for a great holiday gift for the shooting enthusiast in your life? During the month of December, get 10% off a full year's membership or 10% off any gift certificate of $40 or more. Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. For directions and info, log on to RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. That's RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range and CCW Safe. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! Hey folks, Mulan Labe Saturday, Philip Naiman here with Joseph Oso, Michelle and Associates out of Long Beach, the NRA's lawyer. His, he is your Second Amendment defender, the guy you want to go to um, and help support when he's out there fighting these legislative battles. This last session, we talked about Gavin Newsom, Gavin Nuisance, and what he wants to do, um, and really his track record. His track record is, as the mayor of San Francisco, was flagrantly anti-firearm. Matter of fact, San Francisco at this point in time does not have a gun store inside its city limits. They have basically made them impossible to run and run them all out of business. But under his point, they tried to ban some hollow points. They tried to ban a few other things. He did do Sanctuary City, allowing criminal illegal aliens not to be deported. Not just illegal aliens, not, you know the people that you think are out there working on a construction site. But felonious, criminal, illegal aliens were purposefully not deported by Gavin Newsom and Kamala Harris, his attorney general, in violation of federal law. And, you know, I have an attorney on the line here. I'm stating facts here. It's a violation of, of the existing federal law at that time. This man took swore an oath to protect the laws of this country, and he violated those things. He is now your lieutenant governor. Lieutenant governor is a holding place for the guy who wants to run for governor, and he wants to run this state. He has come up with the uh, Newsom or Nuisance Initiatives uh, for firearm owners here in the state of California. And talking more about that, I have Joe Silvoso. Joe? Sure. I mean, the initiative, it's one initiative with multiple, multiple parts. Um, And 
the parts are almost get worse as you go along. Um, but they cover a wide range of topics, and a lot of them we've seen up in the legislature before. Uh, some of them, uh, actually, the, the um, governor has vetoed. There is a theft loss um, reporting requirement that Governor Brown has vetoed twice. Um, if you know anything about Jerry Brown, he hates when people um, reintroduce legislation that he's af- after he said he doesn't want it, but nevertheless, Gavin's taken it upon himself to go ahead and do that. There's restrictions on ammo acquisition, large capacity magazines, um, the whole gambit of bills and uh, things that we've seen in the past and opposed and successfully defeated in the past. Um, coming around and being bundled in one horrible, horrible package. And he wants to put this out. He wants to put this out for the people to vote on it. Yes, he does. He just wants like, to around, just like yeah, the, he wants to run around. The, yeah, he wants to run around the legislature um, and run around the governor and go directly and hopes he can get enough of those uh, blue voters in this state to come out and support this, and, and almost regardless of, I think, what he has happened here, he's already succeeded in what he's already hoped to have happened, because uh, I've probably said the name Gavin Newsom uh, more times uh, in the last couple of months than I've said the name of my own children. Uh, so he's getting the name recognition he so desperately desires, and so he can make that run at governorship. You know, you said he's trying to organize the blue voters. Frankly, we should have a law that Smurfs can't vote because they obviously vote incorrectly every single time. You look at every every blue vote, the Smurfs got it wrong. So, you know, control the Smurfs. Now, um, he's running around trying to do this as an, an initiative, and this is important, and this is why we have to be on top of this. As an initiative, just like Prop 47 was an initiative, and I believe AB 109, no, that was a bill, uh, but Prop 47 was an initiative. In order to overturn it, it would take two-thirds of the state legislator to change, alter, or abolish a proposition once it's been passed by the people, correct? Correct. Or you have to go take it back to the people with another ballot initiative, and keep in mind, that's not a cheap process, but he's getting a lot of money, a lot of funding from his friends up there in the Bay Area um, to get all the signatures he needs to gather. So despite the fact that you could push it back with another initiative, um, that is not a very cheap process. It's cheaper to defeat this one than to have it overturned. Not only that, but while this is law, you're going to have to live under it in order or be a felon. Right? Yeah, well, there, there are certain things that... If this were to pass, we're taking very strong positions on potentially challenging, but we don't have to get to that point because we're talking about a protracted lawsuit for years and years and years, and then, unfortunately, kind of relying on how the courts would come down on this. We'd much rather nip this in the bud now. And we have people in the courts like Gavin, uh, no, no, uh, what's his name? Goodwin Liu, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So we could get him on the panel, and how's that going to work out? You know, um, the courts are a... You know, um, like like playing craps. You don't know what it's going to get. You know, are you going to get the big easy or big eight or out you go? Um, it's crapshoot on on the court system. Who's going to be on the panel? And then when you get a decent panel who rules correctly, like we saw in the Peruta case, then uh, our own Attorney General Kamala Harris violates standard procedure. She was not a party, and she still demands an on-bank review, review, and it's all under review again. So even when we get a good ruling, uh, they cheat. They, they stinking cheat every single time. Um, and that's, that's who we're dealing with. So we have to have this stopped. 
High cap magazine bands. Now, it's not a high cap magazine band. It's a standard issue magazine band. Your Glock 17 comes with a standard issue 17 round magazine. Uh, the standard issue band in California says you can only have it with a 10 round magazine. But this particular uh, nuisance initiative goes a little bit farther than just uh, you can't have one in your gun, right? Yeah, it would be a full-blown ban on any magazine with a capacity of except more than 10 rounds. Uh, so at that point, if you have, um, a lot of people do, magazines that they possessed prior to January 1st, 2000, you would be required to get rid of that magazine one way or another by getting it out of the state, uh, surrendering it to law enforcement um, or selling it to a licensed firearm dealer. You'd have to divest yourself of it one way or another regardless of how long you've had that magazine, how many you have, and possibly if you have a firearm that doesn't have, or they don't have 10-round magazines in common use, that's going to run that, render that firearm obsolete because you're not going to be able to use that magazine with that firearm anymore in the state of California. Now, one of the nuances that they're looking at is the size capacity. So you can have a 1030 AR-15 mag. 1030, what that means, folks, is that it's the size of a standard uh, magazine for an AR-15, which is the 30-round magazine, but it only holds 10 rounds, and it does so either with a spacer inside of it that won't allow any more than 10 to be loaded, or a rivet on the side, which controls how far down the springs can go. They, they alter it so it can't hold any more than 10, but the size itself could hold more than 10. And they're looking at a nuance that even a 10-round design, 30-round size magazine would be illegal just because it could potentially hold more, correct? Well, yeah, that's an end, a point, port, uh, important point of distinction. That's actually a bill that's being proposed up in Sacramento that would draw that distinction. Uh, Newsom, ha- thankfully, hasn't gone that far, but he's gone far enough as far as we're concerned. But there is a bill pending right now. I believe written by um, Hancock that would ban the possession of large capacity magazines again, anything that holds more than 10 rounds, and then anything that had been permanently altered would be still considered a large capacity uh, magazine in that instance and, of course, not be able to be possessed. So that's a bill and, and slightly different from the what's in the Newsom initiative. You know, I saw a, a factoid yesterday I wanted to share with people that Everybody is worried about firearm deaths, firearm deaths. You know, they said, and and uh, there's suicides involved, and then there's criminal activity, you know, meaning gang on gang. But firearm deaths were something in the neighborhood of 10,000 a year, okay, once they, they drilled it down. Uh, deaths in accidents with Priuses in them was 14,000 a year. So I don't, I have to double check these facts, but it looks like there's 40% more people being killed with Priuses than there are uh, with firearms. And I, I'm wondering where we're going to have our Prius initiative to save the children. Um, do you have any ideas on that one, Joe? Um, I don't know. It's going to be hard to get, especially in this state, but I um, <laughs> might do that in, in, in the South. <laughs> Alternative fuels kill. It's obvious. It's look at that. It's, a, it's an, uh, it's, it's an assault fuel. I think we need to do something about this. We just can't have it. If Priuses are killing more people than uh, firearms, I mean, for crying out loud, let's focus our attention on things that need to be fixed first. And uh, getting Priuses off the roads, at least off the fast fast uh, fast track lanes for free, is, is a good idea. 
How about that? I drive a diesel truck, in case you're wondering. <laughs> and I'm not chiming in because I may know someone who does drive Prius. And yeah. I don't want to get My trouble. business partner owns a Prius. That was for him. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to come right back and we're going to talk more about what the uh, nuisance initiative actually is going to do, the different parts of it, how you can get involved, who you need to contact, and fight this. We have to fight this before it becomes a law. Otherwise, we're dealing with it without any power. We're on the wrong side. So, folks, this is our chance. Now to November. That's, you know, G-O-Y-A. Get off your couch and get in the fight. We'll be right back after this. If you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit, you need protection beyond the weapon. My name is Larry Vickers, and I am a retired veteran of U.S. Special Operations, and I now teach law enforcement, civilians, and members of our military in advanced firearm training. I train people to use their firearms in almost any situation, but I can't prepare them for what happens if they are forced to use a gun to save their lives. That's why I use CCW Safe. They offer membership plans for concealed carry permit holders, and if members are involved in a use of force incident, CCW Safe provides expert witnesses, investigators, and the best defense attorneys in the U.S. Yearly plans range from $99 for a single membership to $150 for a dual membership, and special plans are available for law enforcement and military. Members are required to have a valid concealed carry permit and must maintain their permit. Visit ccwsafe.com today. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Yeah, entertained and informed, hopefully, folks. This is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check out our Facebook page, Firing Line Radio Show, uh, website, FiringLineRadio.com. I have huge giveaways this week. I am giving away uh, T-shirts and hats from Cutting Edge Bullets, great sponsors, great bullets. I gave away, I don't know, seven or eight boxes of bullets at the Precision Bolt Rifle course uh, last weekend. So, you know, come to some of these events. You're going to get some good gifts. But uh, like and share the pages, and we'll make sure that you have the opportunity to win something out there. Also, make sure you sign up for the podcast at FiringLineRadio.com. Okay, that out of the way, let me jump right back to Joe Silvoso. Let's talk about the nuisance initiative from Gavin Newsom. Um, Lost, stolen, high cap mags, ammo bans, we haven't even touched on that. Joe, help us out. Oh, to, to elaborate further uh, on some of these restrictions, like I mentioned before, the lost stolen reporting requirement, that was vetoed twice before by Governor Brown. Uh, Newsom uh, as proposed as part of the initiative, um, and while in theory it might make sense, but once you get deeper into it, you think about it a little bit further, it becomes problematic. And basically what this requirement would be is once you knew or once you reasonably should have known your firearms are lost or stolen, you are required to report that lost or stolen firearm to law enforcement. And again, that sounds okay in theory, but let's get a little bit deeper into that. That means that if you come back from a trip and someone's broken in your house and you don't, maybe don't know, you don't notice anything amiss, um, and a week goes by, more than that five-day reporting requirements, and you go to your gun safe, and gun safe just opens all by itself, and lo and behold, the firearms are missing. Well, there's a potential problem there because a responsible firearm owner would call law enforcement immediately and say, hey, my firearms are lost and stolen. Um, they were here. We got back from our trip a week ago, 
and um, they're no longer here. But as a result of this law, that owner's going to have to have a second thought because the requirement is once you know or reasonably should know your firearms are lost and stolen. Who's going to determine whether or not you reasonably should have known your firearms are lost and stolen? Well, that's going to be law enforcement. And then potentially, if there are multiple violations of this over a period of time, a district attorney and misdemeanor charges because your failure to have reported those firearms lost or stolen within five days is an infraction, and you're going to be paying yourself a $100 fine. So adding insult to injury, you know, have your firearms stolen. But if law enforcement determines that you should have known uh, about your firearms being lost or stolen, uh, you're going to pay a nice little $100 fine on top of that. Um, and so we don't want or firearm owners to hesitate or think again or second guess or, I mean, worst case scenario, I'd have to get an attorney involved to negotiate okay. some type of immunity so they can just simply report their firearms have been lost or stolen because they're now five days beyond that time and they're worried about whether or not law enforcement's going to look at them sideways for failing to report it in the correct period of time. Yeah, I think this also has to do with the, the Bubba effect, okay? You hear some guys make comments sometimes, and this is one of those laws that they want to get on the books early and have in fact. So let's just say that you have to report by law your firearms being stolen within five days. And then they go ahead and they make all semi-automatic centerfire rifles um, or pistols, firearms, period, illegal. Well, you've heard guys say, oh, I'll just say they got stolen. Well, guess what? They got you here too. So, I mean, this is something that they're putting in place. It doesn't make any sense to um, to penalize a law-abiding citizen who didn't realize it was stolen within five days. They should increase the penalty for someone who steals firearms. But again, that's not their focus. Their focus is building a platform for a whole nother issue. And and I think that's why this is keeps coming back is they want this for later. Um, they're not going to, you know, a guy's cabin gets broken into and a shotgun gets stolen and a month later, they're probably not going to re- deal with that. But they're looking to build a case against somebody in the future. Um, that's my own paranoid thinking, uh, which is usually right on when you're dealing with these people. Let's talk about the uh, ammo ban or permits. Yeah, uh, permits, I mean, a ban almost is more accurately put. They're not really banning anything, so to speak. They're making so cost prohibitive for dealers to engage in the business of dealing or selling ammunition. It might very well be a ban for almost all intents and purposes. Uh, we've seen shades of this one as well before. Newsom just doesn't seem to be able to come up with his own ideas. He has to steal bad ideas from bad politicians. Well, why not? He stole he stole a wife from one of his aides. Why wouldn't he steal a bad <laughs> idea from a bad politician? Uh, that's uh, that's a very good question. Um, but when we're talking about firearm law in San California, Francisco, one of the- San Francisco values, folks, when it comes to firearms, that's what we're looking at here. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but when we're talking about bad politicians and bad firearms ideas, he stole from the best or the worst, however you look at it. Um, and that's good old Senator De Leon um, and his ammo bills. Um, as you may be aware, uh, Senator De Leon passed a restriction that was signed into law restricting the sale of quote-unquote handgun ammunition. Our law firm challenged that law, and in fact that challenge is all the way up to the California Supreme Court, so the enforcement of that law is temporarily stayed. Um, It may, depending on how the Supreme Court rules, come into effect at a later time, but we've successfully beat that one back. But nevertheless, De Leon then proposed 
a modified version of that bill that would include all firearms, not just handgun, or I'm sorry, all ammunition, not just handgun ammunition, and that one was successfully stopped within the legislature itself. And so what Gavin's deciding to do is he's going to take that language, put it into his initiative. And what that does is a whole bunch of things. First and foremost, um, if you want to deal in ammunition and you're not already a firearm dealer, you're going to need to get a permit. If you are dealing in ammunition, you are then going to have to keep it locked away from everybody else. And I don't know if um, this irritates you, Phil, but I hate going to the pharmacy, and then if I want to buy razor blades, getting somebody's permission to go ahead and open up a case and so I can get out of there with my $40 box of razor blades. But every ammunition vendor is going to have to lock away and keep access away from the public of their ammunition. So if you walk into a gun store nowadays and see those stacks of ammo sitting there, that's, not, that's going to be a thing of the past. You're going to need somebody's permission in order to be able to pick up a box, look at it, see how... Walk uh, it over to the counter. Uh, yeah, I'll walk it over the counter, get permission to compare one box to another to see how much power it has, how many shots it has, or whatever else have you when you're trying to compare your ammunition. And then on top of that, once you finally made that decision, you walk over to uh, the person selling it, you're going to need to provide them a whole bunch of information about yourself because they're going to want to conduct a background check on you. So you're going to have to give them ID, you're going to have to give them your name, address, phone number, and you have to sign off on a piece of paper, and then they're going to do a background check on you to determine you're eligible. But the other part of that is, in, in addition to all of those requirements, you're also going to have to have a permit or a license to just purchase the ammunition. So you're going to have to whip that out and show that to the, the seller so they can actually sell you and subject you to the background check to just buy the ammunition. And that's a up to a $50 fee, which they're talking about, that's going to be renewable every four years, just so you have the privilege, according to them, to purchase ammunition from a licensed vendor. And there's probably a provision in there that, if Joe, if you bought uh, two cases of 12-gauge target ammo, and, uh, hey, Phil, you want a case? You can't transfer that to me, correct? Yeah, I would be prohibited from selling uh, ammunition. Um, I couldn't do that uh, more than 500 rounds in a 30-day period. So if I got one of those big boxes of 22, which in a lot of cases holds more than 500 rounds, and I said, hey, Phil, do you want to buy this? I would be prohibited from selling you that ammunition because it would constitute more than 500 rounds in a 30-day period. I have to go out and get myself a vendor's license because I'm not a firearms dealer and automatically allowed to get one of those and um, get permission from the state to do that. The other thing on this fee, $50 for every four years. So somebody says, oh, big deal. It's 12 and a half bucks a year. It ain't no big deal. That's the starting point. When mm-hmm. was the last time we had a state fee that went down? Dun, 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 dun. It's a Jeopardy question. The answer, never. Right? They never go down. That's their starting point. They only go up, and they only become more restrictive. It's the camel's nose underneath the tent. This cannot be allowed to become a law because it will only build upon itself. Um, you know, Call it a slippery slope. Once you've given up this much, you're grabbling just to stay where you were, and, and it can't. This is an entire package, the nuisance initiative uh, for firearms owners, and, and this should be called the nuisance the nuisance initiative for good citizens, because this only affects good citizens. Because right now, if I am a uh, gangbanger, MS-13 guy with 14 felony 
convictions on my record and I'm still out walking the street. Um, do I care about ammo bans, high cap magazine bans? My next deal is I'd rather shoot you than talk to you. That's, that's the way these guys think. So we keep them on the streets, but we penalize the guy who works 50 hours a week and wants to go out and shoot with his son out in the high desert and, and uh, teach somebody. That, those are the, we're penalizing the wrong people under this nuisance initiative for good citizens. Uh, folks, this is Philip Naiman. I'm signing off here with Joe Silvoso. He is an excellent attorney, the best one on the air with me today, with Michelle and Associates. I highly appreciate his time and his, his input on this. Joe, thank you for all the work you do. Have a happy Easter, and we'll see you all next time. You do happy Easter, everybody. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.